Here to talk about the coronavirus in an update is our public health expert and analyst, Erica Amid. Erica, what do you have for us? Hey, Kwame, we're just starting to get some of the data in regarding COVID-19, and there is a clear racial disparity. Uh, for example, a state like Louisiana, 30% Black, yet Blacks make up 70% of the mortalities in that state regarding the coronavirus. This is alarming. Now, we hear that uh, more and more in terms of what the statistics are. Uh, the president had a press conference and clearly they laid out the same thing. I, I think I saw the most um, direct message to not only the African-American community, but to the country as a whole that what we need to do more of in terms of dealing with uh, African-American health here in, in America. Well, hold on. Let's, let's take a look at what I have to say. I just want to make a brief comment to get back to the discussion about the health disparities in, in uh, the African-American community, because it really is very important. And the reason I want to bring it up, because I couldn't help sitting there reflecting about sometimes when you're in the middle of a crisis, like we are now with the coronavirus, uh, it really does have ultimately shine a very bright light on some of the real weaknesses and foibles in our society. And as some of you know, I've the greater proportion of my professional career has been defined by HIV AIDS, uh, very much so. I see a similarity here because health disparities have always existed for the African-American community. But here again with the crisis, how it's shining a bright light on how unacceptable that is. Because yet again, when you have a situation like the coronavirus, they are suffering disproportionately. As Dr. Burke said correctly, it's not that they're getting infected more often is that when they do get infected, their underlying medical conditions, the diabetes, the hypertension, the obesity, the asthma, those are the kind of things that wind them up in the ICU and ultimately give them a higher death rate. So when all this is over, and as we said, it will end, we will get over coronavirus, but there will still be health disparities, which we really do need to address in the African-American community. So why do you think uh, that these statistics and these numbers are so large? Well, one of the things I think we have to remember and take into account um, are pre-existing conditions. You know, things such as asthma, stroke, heart disease, diabetes. The burden of those chronic illnesses lies squarely in the African-American community. So just by that factor, we, um, are, we're at risk. Our risk factor is higher. Yeah, and it seems to me that um, it's clearly now there are some young folks that are out there that are, are getting the virus. Um, some people say you're young and you're healthy. Don't worry about it. And that's why you, you see a lot of young folks that are just out. Uh, some of them have stepped back and they're in the house. I talked to my daughter uh, last night and she, she has not left the house yet. She went for a walk and she's like, <laughs> nope, dad, this is serious. Um, sent me a text and she was like to the whole family. No one move. No one go anywhere. Right. Um, do you think we're starting to get that message? Maybe a little late, but do you think we're starting to get that message? Yes, I think we're starting to get that message. And also everyone that's young isn't necessarily healthy. Again, among um, African-Americans and other communities of color, there are large swaths of the population that are grappling with chronic illnesses such as asthma and other respiratory related issues. Now, we've seen some of the statistics and it seems to be in certain states, you know, starting to um, flatten out, which means some of the 
directives of not going outside, washing your hand, using a mask, staying in place, shutting down business, shutting down government seems to be seems to be working. Um, what is your thoughts on some of the new uh, epidemics that's taking place in certain areas of the, of the world? Well, I mean, just regarding the whole flattening issue, let me address that first. Um, I think that's good, but I think we have to be cautiously optimistic. Again, in brown and black communities, many people don't have the option of social distancing. That is truly a luxury, and sometimes we forget that. Many people in brown and black communities um, have jobs that are public-facing, and they are deemed essential. And they don't have, you know, sick leave or they don't have the option to work from home. So while some of the numbers are definitely flattening, we have to be aware that this virus, like any other virus, will come in waves. Okay. So, Erica, I mean, we look, there's numbers that came out in um, the District of Columbia. I know that Maryland's releasing some numbers. What, what is your thoughts on those numbers? Yeah, um, well, I'm waiting for Virginia so we can really talk about the whole area, but the numbers are a bit troubling because the data is somewhat incomplete. For example, I believe well, I saw the district, uh, it said that, you know, by death that accounted for 32% of, of African Americans, but 34% were unknown. That's really troubling when you're trying to put data together and develop like this demographic profile again, in terms of prevention for the next wave that's coming. So we have to figure out who is that and why we don't know that who that is. I mean, 34 percent. I mean, some people might walk in and they say, oh, they don't have time to figure out, you know, um, to put down their race. Some people just don't put down their race. Right. Or, or I, I got that. But 34 percent, that's more than a third of the people just decided we're, we're just not checking that. Yeah, that's a that huge box. that's a huge anomaly. That's a huge unknown. So okay. it's important. We need to know we need to know, you know, the racial um you know, makeup of who's getting it. We need to know zip codes. We need to understand, you know, like any other disease, it's a disease of, you know, that goes by neighborhoods. You have to understand how people are getting it, who's getting it, and how to prevent it from going to the next zip code or the next neighborhood. Right. And so it seems to me that uh, we'll be back. We'll be here and you'll give us updates, you know, hopefully tomorrow. Next day, we'll get another update. We'll break down those numbers. So yeah. I look forward to having uh, Erica Mid back in the studio so we can talk about these numbers, what it means and what we can do differently as we move forward. Erica, it's always good to have you on. Always good to be here. Thank you.